taking time for thinking ahead. World has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bill Reach Teach special podcast. My name is Ms. Drawn, and I'm looking forward to having a very meaningful and powerful discussion with you about what's going on in our world today. As you all may know, as you're turning on the television and looking at everything, our world is being attacked, not only by this terrible, terrible virus that's um, killing thousands of people, but it's attacking humanity as we speak. For the last hundreds of years, it has, and it is called racism. I am extremely, like many other people in this country, disheartened, hurt, and very sad by the death of Black men and Black women that have been taken by police officers in this country. What is going on in Minneapolis is something that's been going on in our country, America, for a long time. Today, our podcast is going to reach out and talk to people that are on the grounds in Minneapolis, really dealing with the situation, residents that live there that can really tell you about their story and what's going on with them and how they feel. So many times when we turn on the TV, we see certain images and we make a perception. But the pain that you see on TV is real. The reality of the country that we live in is painful. Many people have suffered from police brutality, racism in this country against black people, against brown people, all shades of brown people for hundreds of years. And many times we get upset, we address it, and then it goes back to normal as relates to nothing happened. In this situation, we have hundreds of people across the country protesting, crying out, enough is enough. I can't breathe, he said, George, over and over and over again. As we all saw the live footage on TV, we all thought that could have been my son. That could have been my daughter. Hell, it could have been me. By mercy and grace that it wasn't. But no one should be treated that way. So with this special podcast today, we're going to talk to guests and they're going to tell you their story. I hope you join me on this journey of healing. How do we move forward with this? How do we forgive and heal and restructure our society in America a different way? Because the way it is structured now, it is not equal. It is not fair. And it is killing and harming and causing mental health stress on hundreds and thousands of black people, brown people of all shades every day. So let's build, reach, and teach together as we learn together as a community how to heal, communicate, and get the justice that we need for our families and the generations to come. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Build, Reach, Teach podcast. I have one of my greatest college buddies on the phone right now, right from the grounds of Minneapolis. Um, just basically when I called him, he was out there doing the work, service work with his family. Welcome, Alex, to Bill Reach Teach Podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I'm Alex Leonard. Thanks for that 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 nice uh, introduction. Um, 
Yeah, just a community member here, live on the north side of Minneapolis. Yeah. We're going to get right into it. I want to thank you for your time. I won't take much of it, but it's important that people understand what's going on. Sometimes when they see things on the media, they have one perspective. But you yeah. growing up in the community, being around Minneapolis, pretty much born and raised, you have a really good insight that I think people need to hear. Um, a lot of what we're seeing is the images. We're not actually hearing a lot from the people. So why yeah. don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on right now? What's the vibe and how things are feeling at this time in Minneapolis? You know, what's interesting is um, from my time out in the community, uh, even right now, I'm just out uh, just trying to help just uh, volunteer, handing out supplies and stuff. Um, the vibe is is fine. There's no there's no tension. There's not, you know, I think back to like, you know, if you think about like 92 and like the L.A. riots, it felt like a lot of uh racial tension and this is not that like a lot of the the animosity is is towards the police um okay. the you know the community itself there's no tension really between white folks and black folks like everybody's out um protesting and and the, the people are together the community is together um from what i've seen i mean i'm just one perspective but uh you know a lot of the animosity is is, is directed towards the towards the system and i mean just growing up there and understanding of the police department what's kind of been your feedback about the minneapolis st paul police department how do you think we got here uh, so yeah so by way of history uh in in minnesota since the year 2000 there's been 193 um police related killings of of citizens and that's just killings that's wow. that's not brutality uh, that's just killing since 2000. Um, in the uh, early 2000s, I started doing a lot of work on the ground uh, with an organization called the Community Campaign to Prosecute the Police here in North wow. a North Minneapolis that, that came about because of uh, sodomy. Um, a man by the name of Stephen Porter was sodomized with a plunger by the Minneapolis Police Department. And that was yeah. in about 2003 or 2004. Um, and, you know, since then, it's, you know, it's been kind of it's nonstop, to be honest with you, um, wow. and variety of, of ages, uh, variety of um, uh, races as well. Um, but mm -hmm. most recently, you know, you've had Jamar Clark, um, yeah. Philando uh, Castile, who was a classmate of mine, uh, graduated with my younger sister, um, worked in the, in the school that I went to. Um, as an elementary school student, you know, and and so, you know, as far as Minneapolis, it, it's been a bit of a, a powder keg, you know, so I'm not I'm not surprised at how people have reacted because there's been four high profile killings by police just in the last four years. And I don't so think I think you realize that. Right. That's good information, because as the whole world is watching, they think it's an isolated incident. But this has been almost a decade almost two yeah. decades police community protesting mm -hmm. as related to police brutality. Um, yeah. And if you're not from here, you know, it's uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul are side by side. It's just a river. So even like Philando's in St. Paul, but that's not, you know, that's not far, you know, right. and I, I've been on both. I grew up in St. Paul. I've lived in, in North Minneapolis for the last 15, 15 years. So it's not, you know, people know each other. This is a small community and it, it, you know, it's just separated by, by a river. So, you know, all of those things play a part and have an impact, you know, on the city side of things, I would say in Minneapolis, you have 
Um, the police department uh, is largely controlled by uh, the union. The union mm-hmm. is run by an, a pretty openly racist man by the name of Bob Crow, um, yep. has known ties to white supremacist groups. Um, and then you have the county attorney, Mike Freeman, who has yet to really bring any charges forward in, in any of these cases, um, with the exception of Mohammed Noor. Right. So you get the, the, the woman, Justine Deman, who was who was killed by the Somali officer, Mohammed uh, Noor. And uh, he was pretty much left on his own. You know, and that was that was justice. Justice was served. But we still have this man. So the, so a black man can get locked up for this but you know right. when these acts are committed by white officers it's it's business as, as usual so when you, you know saw the, um, yeah that, that's good inf- insight because i think again people just have one perspective but this is talking about an ongoing community that's been suffering even growing up there in minneapolis i just got off the mm-hmm. phone interviewed my brother you know he yep. shared some stories about what was going on what was your reaction you know when you saw the whole video with george on camera. Yeah, I'm be honest. I still haven't watched the video just because I'm not, you know, I've seen so many and, and mm-hmm. you know, so I've talked to friends, I've had it described to me and it sounds uh, horrible, but I haven't, I haven't personally watched it just because the secondary trauma is, is so much, you know? Wow. Um, and, 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 but from what I've heard described, it's, it, all of this seems very understandable, you know? Wow. Um, understandable reaction. Right. Absolutely. And I guess even like if you said you just talked about this whole trauma thing, yeah. growing up and just talking in the community and you've been working with the different agency. What is mm-hmm. that on black men? What is that on black America as it relates to black lives? What are the trauma and the things that you're seeing when you're talking to people in the community when it comes to them being abused by police? Well, I'll just tell you what it, you know, what it brought up for me. I'll share with you. I, I work in a mm-hmm. high school and I'll share with you what I share with the staff for me. Um, for me to sit with my emotions and feelings around what happened to George Floyd, I'm not just sitting with my feelings around George Floyd. I'm sitting with my mm-hmm. feelings around uh, Abu Jalani, who was killed in 2000. I'm sitting with my feelings around um, uh, Courtney Williams, who was a 15 year old killed by the police uh, Edison student in uh, 2004. I'm sitting with uh, Jamar Clark. I'm sitting with my feelings around Philando. You know what I mean? Like, so it's all of that comes up every time. It's not a one time deal. You know, it, it, when it, when this happens, you're dealing with all of your feelings from all the other stuff, not to mention just the, the general day to day brutality that happens around here. When I was doing community serve, uh, when we were working with the prosecute, the police campaign, we go around and door knock and a number of people that we talked to who just had stories, you know, of things that wow. happened to them was, it was endless, you know, mm-hmm. you know, every, uh, every other house that you go to, you talk to somebody who had been abused or dealt with abuse from police and, and harassment from police. And then working with the families, uh, the continued intimidation of uh, working with the Walter Collins family who was, who was mm-hmm. killed. They would, they intimidated his family because they, they made some progress with their lawsuit, you know, so they would show up to the house uh, unannounced. The police would and, and harass the family, claim that there were no- noise, that there were hearing noise uh, complaints or or show up at Walter Senior, the bar he liked to hang out at and 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 take him and detain mm-hmm. him and rough him up and all in an effort to to intimidate the family to drop the uh, the charges. And this was this is commonplace. 
you know, and, and if you're right, if you're not, the news isn't going to report it. But if you're on the ground and you talk to people, it's it's they're fully aware. Even the store, uh, you know, that 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 this took place at um, with George Floyd, uh, the the stories that you hear from the community regarding that store. Right. I've had right. people talk to me about the, the things that they've been able to. It's a known place where people bring stuff that they've stolen. Right. You, you steal a computer. You can bring it to Cup Foods and they'll buy it off you. You know, you can bring your phone yep. there and they're going to lock it for you. Um, they have yep. pit bull fights in the basement. Like it's it's a long history. And, and if you live here, people in the community know, you know, they already knew like, oh, Cup Foods. Like, man, that place should have been shut down. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and so this is so. Yeah. Right. It's not legit. And so you come pick somebody up instead of having a conversation because you know what the institution about it turned into a murder. Yeah. And that in itself, it makes no sense to none of us that knows that community. Right. Absolutely. Yep. That's a very valid point. You know, what I would say about what's taking place in all honesty, um, it, it, I don't believe that a lot of the destruction and damage, the, the looting, I would say like, yeah, it's young people. They don't have nobody's working right now. We're on quarantine. Like, like no one's working. There's no school. There's no parks open. There's nothing for young people to do. Right. So the looting and stuff, I think it is probably largely the community, but the destruction of in, in the burning of the buildings, I, I don't believe that that's us. You know, um, when I came yeah. by, when I drove through Broadway, uh, the North side uh, yesterday, what I noticed was all of the community, uh, places that that we love and respect weren't touched. You know, the places Absolutely. that were broken into weren't uh, Sammy's Eatery. It wasn't uh, the chicken mm -hmm. spot. It wasn't, you know, um, it was it was Metro PCS. It was it was corporations right. that were broken into. And and last night, some of those community spots were burned. And I have a hard time believing that that came from the community. And so as we're seeing more and more uh, video and, and things come out from here on the ground, like what we're seeing is pictures of of what looks to be like anarchists, like young white folks or, or people in masks um, who are who are breaking into and, and burning these these spots down. You know, it's not yeah. doesn't look I to me it's like it's people from now, the community. It's not from the community. And I hope the police department really take a look at the bigger picture here and start to really tackle those things. Because now, if that's the case, if there's other outside people coming in the community to burn down cities where they know um, these people live at, now we got another layer of problem. Right. And so I really hope that they resolve that because, yeah, we will get up and we're going to protest and stand up. But to just continue to keep burning the things that we love, burning up stuff that we go to, it doesn't make sense at this point. Right. So I'm happy you brought that point up because it is looking real suspicious about who's actually doing this incredible damage with all the burning yeah. at this point. Yeah. 100%. I want to ask you this last question before I get you off the line here. I think what people are seeing is a perception in our country, but you and I know it's a fabric of what the United States is, which is, has they have, it, you know, you started with a racist um, foundation and they've never been able to take responsibility of that. Right. And long term, they don't hold people accountable for their actions. Yeah. But what do you want people to know um, about being a black man in this country? Um, what is it that you want them to know? I mean, I, I would know that's a loaded <laughs> It's a lot. But, I mean, um, I guess what I would want from people is is 
at a minimum is to just step outside of yourself. I feel like a lot of the responses that we're hearing from white people that have a lot of these questions, it's still self-centered at the end of the day. And so if, if, if right. there's anything that they could do, you know, practice em- empathy, try and step outside of your own shoes and your own experience and just listen. You know, if all of these people mm-hmm. in all of these cities, it's something like 35 different cities right now that this is taking place. All of these people can't be wrong. Yeah. You know, all Absolutely. of these people can't be uh, just making up stuff. You know, it, it Absolutely. it's it's hard every day as a black man, as a black woman. Right. As people of color in general, like we mm-hmm. are uh, we are fighting. And I would say even as just right. working people in this country, we're fighting. The pandemic has us all in, in, in many of us in the same boat, you know, and, and, right. and we're Absolutely. all fighting. But, uh, you know, as, as black men, um, you know, we're, we're it, it, it's challenging. And every day we're fighting challenges mm-hmm. and, and and we're all trying to do our, our best. And many of us are trying to do our part. And it's it, it's hard to catch a break. Right like everywhere we turn and, and you know so for me I, you know I know what I said to my staff was just kind of I'm I'm, I'm tired you know I, I took a day mm. the day that this information all came out I just took a day to just take care of myself um, knowing that wow. knowing that we fight every day and it's all right to be tired sometimes and and what I what I appreciated is because I felt conflicted about just taking trying to take care of myself, my emotional self and focus on my family and, and, and how we could kind of survive. This was when I turned on the TV and saw the protest, what I saw was my students, you know? And so knowing that Mm. my students are out there, (laughs) that the young people are out there fighting, even when some of us who are getting a little older are, uh, you know, are are tired um, that they're willing to, to Mm. take out, take up this fight. And, And it may not look how, you know, some of the older folks in our community would have done it, but they're they're looking at what what they've seen done and that it hasn't worked. Right. So we've tried the nonviolent approach. We've tried uh, asking. We've tried the processes that they've had set up and, and none of this has worked. And so this is to Absolutely. me, this is the inevitable um, um, outcome of of not being heard. You know, and when you're left with no choices, this is this is what it starts to look like. And it's unfortunate. But I do believe that, um, you know, if if there's a way forward and there's an opportunity here, you know, I don't know where my confidence is with it, but there is an opportunity forward in this. um, And and that's what I would hope that we're able to rebuild um, and and be stronger for this. And and you hope that you're heard now, you know, and it sucks that this is what had to happen in order for us to be heard. But hopefully people listen and, and hopefully we're able to move forward and, and, you know, as far as local leadership and, and the governor, I was I'm not caping for him at all, but I was impressed with how he addressed and handled things yesterday. He, he was very clear on, mm-hmm. you know, that there is a, there is a reason this is taking place. You know, this is not. Yeah. And it took him a minute to get there, <laughs> but I'm happy he realizing now that this is not going to go away. He can't just keep pushing things aside that he has to pay attention. Yeah. His tone was a lot different on. Today was a lot different than it's been in the last. Yeah, I mean, days. there's an acknowledgement, so, right? And it starts with at a minimum just acknowledging that this isn't a one day response. This is a response to 400 years, <laughs> you know, wow. of of things. Wow. And to hear that from a white governor, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, I, okay. all right. Let's put some action behind that. Okay, let's put some action. But I want to thank you for your time. 
I want to thank you for everything you've done. I know you um, since college and I know you care for the community. You're a wonderful family man and you definitely always out there to fight for those that cannot fight for themselves. So thank you. For I coming appreciate on to that. I'm definitely going to pass that link out and then you just go ahead and share the link because I think the more we can have these conversations and heal, the better we will be as a community. Yeah. So love you. Thank you for coming on and uh, do what you appreciate do. you. Love you too. And uh, you know, send my love to the family and hope all are safe in Detroit. Cause I know it was, it was cracking there last night too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're same old thing. We there with you all. My heart is there with Minneapolis. So, all right. Thanks a lot, Alex, for joining us. Have a good all right, day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining our Bill Reach Teach podcast today. I want to thank Alex for coming out, his feedback and his contribution to the community matters. Um, join me tomorrow. I'm going to have more guests um, this week just talking about this matter, about how every every one of us need to wake up and look around and see what we can do better for our community. All right. So next time. I cannot wait to hear from you all. Give me feedback, insight on the comment box, um, because we're all in this together. Thank you for tuning in.